0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Abraham's the kind of guy you want to take with you to the car dealership, isn't it? I mean, can that guy haggle or what? He saved a whole city. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and all of a sudden, Abraham gets it down to 10 people. That's good stuff. Prayer. Prayer is our topic for today. And I want to tell a story about prayer. Once upon a time, there was a sweet little old lady who celebrated her faith by every single morning going out on her front porch, raising her hands to the air and shouting out, praise the Lord. Oh, how nice. Well, there was an atheist who moved next door to her and he said every single time, he'd see her every single morning going out on her porch, raising her hands in the air and saying, praise the Lord. Now, At first, the atheist thought, "Eh, this is kind of quaint, it's a little cute, deluded, but cute, he thought. However, after several months of her doing this every single morning, it did get a little irritating. So he got in the habit of getting up with the little old lady, so he'd sit on his porch, and every time she'd raise her hands and say, praise the Lord, he would say, there is no Lord. Now, this little ritual continued on for many months until one cold gray morning in the middle of winter. The little old lady was unusually late coming out to her porch. And when she did get out there, she didn't raise her hands in the air. Instead, she dropped to her knees and she did not shout out praise the Lord. Instead, she said an audible prayer, but barely. Please, Lord, I have no food. And I'm starving. Provide for me, O God. Well, even the atheist looked at the little old lady and started having compassion for her. And besides, this particular atheist thought he might get the upper hand with the little battle that he was having with the little old lady. So that night, he went to the grocery store. And he bought five bags of groceries. And he snuck on her porch in the middle of the night, put them on the porch. And then... After a quick nap, he got up before the little old lady, went and hid in his bushes, and sat there waiting. The little old lady opened her door. She looked down and saw the bags of groceries. She threw her hands up in the air and she said, Praise the Lord! To which the atheist popped out of his bushes and said, Aha! There is no God. I'm the one that bought you the groceries. To which she said, after pondering for just a moment, Praise the Lord! The Lord provided for me and made the devil pay for it. You <laughs> take that one with you. Free gift. Prayer is a very powerful, wonderful, gracious gift from our loving God. And today, the lady in the story knew it. I know it. I hope you know it. Jesus certainly knows it. Today in our lesson from Luke, we hear the familiar words of the Lord's Prayer. Now it might end funny for some of us because we're used to the doxology at the end, forever and ever and ever's, amen. But this is what Jesus said, giving us the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus was off in a certain place, Scripture tells us. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, John taught his disciples to pray, teach us how to pray. And so he gave them and us the ultimate template for prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is one of those things that many people do constantly, and some don't do it all. As pastor, I love, and it's a privilege and honor to get to pray with you, not only corporately in a worship service, but also individually. For you to come to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for something? It's, it's a great honor. I love going to God in prayer. Does anybody try to pray before they go to bed? And you ever go to sleep in, in the middle of your prayer and you wake up and you're like, amen. <laughs> I hope you didn't see what I just dreamed about. Hey, you know, that kind of thing. Many people don't like to pray in public. Um, I know, you know, my mom always said, Aaron, make sure you, do, you don't get a job to where you have to work on Sundays. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But you know, you know, a lot of people don't like to pray in public. Uh, as pastor, I will tell you that my mother-in-law volunteers me for every family gathering to pray before the meal. How many of you are the ones that gets volunteered to pray before a meal? At the previous... Yeah, match, Ben. <laughs> That's right. That's right. At the... Uh, a lot of people, prayer can be intimidating because you, maybe maybe some people don't feel like they're, they're doing it right. At a previous church I served, the president of the congregation gave me a book. It's this book, actually. It's a Christian prayer for dummies. Not really sure where he was going with on that. Uh, but he did. He actually bought it for himself and bought several church council members and myself a copy. And uh, it's very, very interesting because what, does, um, what do the prayer for dummies books try to do? They try to say something really, really, really complex and boil it down so any any of us, any average person can understand it. They do it with a ton of different subjects. Well, I'm sure that these people think they had a really great idea, but I, I have to tell you, Jesus had the original idea 2,000 years ago because he gave us the ultimate prototype for prayer, and that is the Lord's Prayer. It's a true story. In this day, prayer could be a confusing, intimidating subject for the average person on the street. I mean, really. It was, the Pharisees could get it, the religious people of the day, they could understand it, they could master it. I mean, it was a really burdensome system of procedures and rules of how and when you could pray, and it made it hard for the average person on the street to know what to do when it came to prayer. As Jesus started his ministry, he realized that the Pharisees' concept of prayer had become skewed from its original intent, and that the conversa- prayer is simply a conversation between God and God. And us. Always the innovator, Jesus decided to straighten out this disordered view. He did so by laying laying out a prototype for prayer that anyone could grasp. You call it, and I call it, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus took seemingly an unreachable concept and put it into the eager arms of his followers. Prayer is very simple it's just a conversation with God, it's holy but it's not sterile. It's reverent, but at the same time, candid. Jesus gives us the blueprint for prayers. Blueprint is something, a guide for making something else, a plan of action. The Lord's Prayer is a great prayer to pray regularly and to teach our children. In fact, the hunters just promised that they were going to teach Hattie the Lord's Prayer. It's an essential prayer. But if you stay on that surface level and simply utter its words without really giving any thought to what you're praying, you've missed something. God calls us to go deeper. How many of you have ever been in church or at home, and you're praying the Lord's Prayer, and your mouth is saying the right things, but your head is somewhere else? Our Father who art in heaven, I wonder what I'm having for lunch today. Thy kingdom come, when will this sermon be done? On earth as it is in heaven. I mean... A lot of times our minds tend to wander even though our mouth is saying the exact correct thing. God calls us to go deeper. I will tell you, as part of being a pastor in the Lutheran church, you have to go to seminary for four years, pastor school. And part of that is a 10-week, summer-long thing called CPE, which is Clinical Pastoral Experience, which basically you're a chaplain at a hospital, at a nursing facility. I was at a nursing facility. And one of my units was the Alzheimer's unit. You will not believe the things that came my way, even though I was wearing this. Uh, the things that came my way from that unit. And it was it was really a, a hard time. It was sad uh, in a lot of ways and very difficult for many people. But you know what? That didn't make as big of an impact on me as did this. Every time we gave those people communion, and I mean it, they knew exactly what to do with their hands. And when it came time to say the Lord's Prayer, they prayed every single word of it, verbatim. They knew it. Prayer transcends even when our mind isn't working the way we want it to. When, when our mind doesn't have the words, anybody ever pray when you just don't got the words? God knows your heart. Prayer is a, an odd combination between the intimate and the ultimate. 19th century evangelist D.L. Moody once commented on prayer, and he said, Some people's prayers need to be cut short at both ends and set on fire in the middle. Oh, yeah. All right. What does he mean? Well, you know, I think part of it is how many of us think of prayer like, I don't know, we're going to sit on Santa's knee. You know, we we just ask God for a lot of stuff. Sometimes our prayers are nothing more than a list of what we want God to give us. I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that. Heal this person. Heal that person. Do this. Do that. Sometimes our prayers even borderline on sin. Uh, part, last summer, we sent 16 of us from St. Paul to go down to New Orleans, Louisiana, for the national youth gathering for the ELCA, which had like 33,000 high schoolers there. We went, and part of that covenant was when we heard someone say out loud, Oh my God! we assumed that they were not breaking the second commandment they were they weren't taking the Lord's name in vain we were going to assume the better and think that they were praying out loud to which we would go up to them and pray with them exactly it was fun for a while and and trying to point out the fact that you know hey We know you're not taking God's name in vain. Can we pray with you? I would look at Jack Michael. Jack Michael would look at Nate Michaels. Nate Michaels would look over to, I don't know, Lee Boone. And Lee Boone would look at me and we're like, okay. And we'd walk over and we'd pray with them. And there was one lady who did not, uh, she was not amused um, by that at all. But using prayer wrongly is an easy place to fall into. I mean, Jesus says very clearly in this text today Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who searches, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So if you just read this passage, just that one line of text, which, again, this is an important thing to make sure you read before and after lines of text and lines of Scripture. But if you look on this, this looks to be the biggest blank check given in the entire Bible. This looks to be Something to where I, I know I've known many Christian people for over many years who ask God for help, yet they still get sick, they still have money issues, they still have problems with their, at work, and they have situations in their life they'd rather not deal with but have to. So what is Jesus saying here? How can we reconcile Jesus' bold and true words with those facts? If we treat prayer like a blank check and sign it in Jesus' name, that's not having a relationship with god and god wants a relationship with us what we're doing in that case is instead of having and treating god as the reverent holy one that he is we're treating god like a genie in the bottle and that's not what prayer is about that's not the kind of relationship jesus is giving us here instead jesus is giving us something more he's giving us a greater gift He's giving us the gift of prayer, the opportunity to connect with the real, loving, gracious, compassionate God who loves us so much that he gave us Jesus Christ to live, suffer, and die on the cross and rise from the grave. Jesus gave us a connection with God, a God who's beyond our control, but whose appetite is as fierce as our hunger for him. Prayer is a powerful tool That God has given us in the Christian church. It's not some magical way for us to control God or just get what we want. Rather prayer is a way to invite God to act in our lives. A way for us to open ourselves up to see God working in our lives. To see what God's will is. Prayer is more than just telling God what we want. God already knows what we want. God knows our hearts and our minds. But what prayer is, is it's opening ourselves up to receive from God what we need. That's why God gives us, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. It starts off right away in setting the right tone for our life and our prayer. Acknowledging that God is our Father and that God is holy. We don't pray, my kingdom come, my will be done. We pray for God's kingdom. And for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tony Campolo is one of my favorite preachers. And he he preached a sermon once that that said this. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said to pray for the kingdom. Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And that's not the kingdom of God that's off in the sky someplace. Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth which means that Jesus wants to change this world that is into the world that it ought to be. And who here doesn't want that? The kingdom of God is transformed people living into a transformed world. That's what prayer helps us to live every day. We followers of Jesus Christ are called to surrender ourselves to a Jesus who is not dead and gone, but who is alive and well and is here and now. It's the same Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from the grave. He was, he will be, and he is here and now. And he wants to flood our lives with his presence. He wants to transform us and make us into the people who will change the world to what the world ought to be. Prayer can help that transformation take place. Prayer centers us and grounds us and to be people who God is calling us to be. Prayer is also an avenue for us to be completely open and honest with a God who knows us and loves us so much that even when we are still sinners, Christ died for us and rose again. God loves us so much that he gave us this wonderful gift of salvation, and if that wasn't enough, he gave us grace upon grace to come to him in prayer. Prayer centers us on God and guides us to do God's work with our hands. So, my brothers and sisters, this week, may our prayers rise up as incense before God. And may you be blessed in your prayerful conversation, which is more than two monologues. May you be blessed in your conversation with Almighty God today and every tomorrow. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.